Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W. Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley-Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 86. The Cubs GM meeting plans. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow up the socials. Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram. Fly the W on Facebook or email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Crowley, happy Thursday. How you doing? I'm still drinking the tears of the salty, crying Brewers fan, so I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. <laughs> I love it. All right. So we've got plenty to talk about the reactions and the opinions to what happened with David Ross getting launched and Craig Council signing a new deal. Just don't stop. Yeah. The, the baseball world is dealing with the aftershock of what David Haw has decided to call the Cubs coup. Is that right? I believe that's what he's got. He's got that's his new uh, obvious shirts t-shirt, Cubs coup. Yeah, he's got, he's got to trademark that one. Uh, snatching uh, former Brewers manager Craig Council and firing World Series hero David Ross. So since that happened, remember we went on a live emergency podcast on Monday. A lot more details have emerged since then. Um, we're going to take a look at this two ways, from the Cubs perspective and the Brewers perspective. Uh, starting with the Cubs owner Tom Ricketts on Tuesday after everything went down. Former Cubs All-Star and radio analyst for Cubs games on 670 The Score 
Ron Coomer appeared on the Molly and Haw show. Somehow, Dustin, you were able to get him out of Coom Dog out of his hibernation in Florida, put down, <laughs> put down the tropical beverage and come on here. But as I was kind of listening to um, what Coom had to say, I kind of felt like uh, this was an interesting nugget that I heard him say. I, I Very unexpected to the extreme. I, I knew, I saw Tom Ricketts, um, saw Mr. Ricketts the last day of the season. Um, up by the booths. Um, he was right outside our booth in Milwaukee. And that was probably the most upset I'd seen Tom about um, our team. And uh, understandably so. You know, they, they were expecting to go to the playoffs. They did not. And, you know, he, he, things are going to happen when your owner is that upset about the way things have gone for the last month. You know, things are there's going to be some changes or things are going to happen. And obviously they did. So, you know, I, you know, you, you, you and I have both know Coom. We've listened to him all the time. I, I was surprised when he said, you know, the most angry or frustrated or upset that he's seen Tom Ricketts, you know, and that, that has to be saying something. Absolutely. It definitely says a ton. That's the, uh, that's the money shot out of that interview. Great interview. Also, you know, if, if uh, Craig Council is good enough for the Coom dog, I guess he's got to be good enough for me as well. Big fan of uh, Ron Coomer. But what's interesting is earlier, I don't know exactly when that was, you know, it was, but it was the last day of the season. Tom Ricketts went on both marquee and the score talking about David Ross being their guy. Yep. A hundred percent. And that, that was, that was definitely, you know, when you listen to that, I, I, I didn't think he was as upset as Coom kind of made it seem, but like, you know, Coom's not going to sit there and say something that, you know, if he obviously saw him out there and saw him upset, this is what Tom had to say about Ross on Marquee. I think Ross, he did a great job. He creates a, a great clubhouse culture. Uh, the players love playing for him. Um, he keeps, a, he keeps a, a steady, balanced approach game in and game out that you need over the course of 162 games. And, and um, you know, he's, I, I talked to him before the game today. He's as disappointed as anyone that, that we just couldn't quite pull it over the finish line. And, and so um, yeah, I think he did a good job. So, you know, for me, I sit there and, and we talked about it when those came out. Cause you remember it was Tom was on Sunday and I think Jed was the next day on Monday. And we said that there's certain lines that they all kind of, you know, talking points that yep. they all have. And it seemed to me like that was going to be the talking point. They played well for Rossi. Uh, you know, they, they were 10 under, you know, got 12 over all that stuff. But, you know, I, I just kept having this nagging feeling that, that there were some things that upset people about how that all played out. Right. But what I'm going to have to believe and what I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hold firm on this is that if Craig Council wasn't available, David Ross would still be the manager of the Cubs. A hundred percent. You, you mean, wouldn't make this move. We're yeah. getting rid of David Ross for anybody except Craig Council. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree with you on that. Uh, uh, but the question then Dustin is if Saya makes that catch, if the bullpen isn't all in shambles, if they make the playoffs, would they still make the move? I think that's a question that I think we'll never know. We'll never know because again, you know, hypothetically, let, let's just, let's just play. Let's just play the hypothetical. Okay. Let's say they make it to the postseason. So they're there in the postseason as opposed to Arizona. What, what if they had, what if they had an advance like Arizona advanced? 
right? What, right. If they had won, what if they hadn't won a postseason game? Would that have been enough of a reason to have gotten rid of David Ross? And and so, you know, that kind of takes us to, to what Jed Hoyer and some of his reaction, because we've finally heard from uh, Jed Hoyer. And, you know, uh, Sahad of Sharma did a great investigative piece on how this all went down in The Athletic. Um, uh, subscribe. I would recommend. I love it. I, I get a lot of stuff there. But uh, according to Shahadab on, no, on November 1st, right? So this is after the team no longer needed permission. You needed permission from the Brewers prior to November 1st. So on November 1st, Hoyer reaches out to council and they decide to meet up somewhere in the Chicagoland area, right? And so they wanted to make sure this was quiet. So Hoyer was the only person to meet with council. Barely anyone in the front office knew it was happening. They never came to the Cubs offices adjacent to Wrigley Field. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. I know a lot of people in the Cubs social media world that live in that vicinity of Wrigley Field. And if you know who you're looking for, you can see them walking dogs, going for a stroll, everything. So Hoyer was absolutely not going to be seen anywhere near Wrigley with Craig Council. Do you remember when, when the Cubs got Theo, he was first spotted in a Starbucks and it jumped right. all over social media? Yep, absolutely. Totally remember it, yep. And so he wasn't going to make that mistake. And so, you know, how funny. But once they came to an agreement, Hoyer immediately books a flight to Florida to meet with Ross in Tallahassee, where Ross lives in the offseason. And the two and, – and this is Sahadev's words uh, – the two had a, had a long and at times tense conversation during which general manager Carter Hawkins called some staff and players to deliver the nudes and word quickly spread throughout the team. So th there's Jed in Florida, you know, <laughs> it, with, a, with a not friendly conversation probably or not a fun conversation with Ross. And in the meantime, in the back, you know, Hawkins is probably still in Chicago calling everybody to let him know. That is insane to me. Yeah, it uh, really is insane. A lot of moving parts, a lot of people in the dark. Um, I got to give him credit. I mean, I, I don't 100% agree with it, Crowley. That's not breaking news or anything like that. But I got to give him credit. They wanted to get something done, and they and they got it done. They, they absolutely had a plan that they wanted executed, and they got it done. Right. And the interesting thing, though, is that Bruce Levine has been all over the place, you know, talking to everybody. Um, Bruce from Marquee and 670, the score baseball insider. And he decided, he, you know, he actually got to talk to Jed about the decision. Yeah. And here's a clip from that. Great interview. Tough decisions for tough people. Uh, tell us how you got into this uh, with Craig Council and hiring him as your new manager. Well, you know, from afar, he's always someone I've admired so much. I mean, going back to 2017, um, his teams every single year uh, overachieved. Uh, I love the style of baseball they played. And um, it felt from afar like there was, there was no weakness as a manager. Uh, he was good in the clubhouse and well-respected. He managed the game incredibly well. He handled the media very well. So all those things I've sort of from afar always really admired and um you know, I, I always kind of use the uh, the Bum Phillips um, quote about Bear Bryant, which is, you know, he would take his and beat yours and yours and beat his. He just felt like he was really good at figuring out how to get the most out of his teams. So, you know, when he became a free agent and um, there was a possibility, it's certainly something you, know, you had to uh, think about because uh, it's pretty rare for a guy that's at the top of that um, that list to ever become available. 
How does the chronology go when you have a manager in place that you really like personally, professionally, has done an awful lot of things for this organization historically, and then you know in your heart of hearts that uh, your job at the end of the day is to have the very best people in the very pe- best places? Yeah. I mean, I try to look at it like I'm I'm in this position, but my job is really to Cubs fans. My job is to the organization, and I have a responsibility to the Ricketts and I view that as my duty, you know, that um, when I have something that I believe will help us win more games short term and more games long term, I feel like I have to do that. That There's a lot of people that devote a lot of their life to the Cubs. There's a lot of people that spend a lot of money to watch the Cubs and do things with the Cubs. And, like, that's my job. And um, sometimes, oftentimes, it means making really hard decisions. But that's why I'm in this role. And when I, if I don't feel that way, I shouldn't be in this position. Hallelujah. Amen. I spend a lot of money. I go to a lot of games and I say, like I said before, thank you so much. Again, I think the amount of cojones it took to pull off that move to do every, and it all played out that that was absolutely cold blooded, but a hundred percent, the right move for wins, short term wins, long terms. I'm happy about it. But Dustin, there was one other quote that I heard. And and remember the Cubs had a 92% chance of reaching the playoffs in early September eliminated the final weekend of the season. Hoyer and the Cubs felt that they left wins on the table. And, and to me, that kind of resonates a lot. Left wins on the table. You know, a lot of questions about well, how many, how many, how many one run games did they lose Crowley? Right. Right. A lot of, a lot how of many games, games, how many games were they winning? How many games were they winning entering the eighth inning that ended up getting away from them? Too many, too many. Right. And, and again, a lot of these guys, they ended up looking tired, looking relaxed or not relaxed, looking tired, looking out of gas. And, you know, you just got to wonder if if he did the best job that he could um, with, with some of these making as far as your lineup and resting guys and making sure that you're fresh. And I think that that is definitely um, something that Craig Council is known for is just using his lineup. And giving guys days off and all of those things. I'm just taking a look right here. In one-run games, the Cubs were 21 and 24. Okay, so, so there's 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 three below 500. <laughs> You're not even you know, three below 500, right? Right. And I thought and I so, saw a stat out there that uh, Craig Council has won has won 51 run games. Yeah, just just phenomenal. Now. You know, we were wondering what the players would think because obviously, you know, the close relationship and poor Ian Happ, right? He decides this is way before any of this comes out. He's got an event for his coffee uh, business, yeah, Connect, Connect Roasters, Roasters yeah. right? And so he's doing an appearance that included a question and answer. And all I kept thinking about was that, what was it, Southwest commercial, want to get away? Yeah. Like, can you, <laughs> can you imagine like, okay, here you are with the Q&A and now this massive story breaks and you got to be, the first player to respond about it. And, you know, Ian Happ is, is no dummy. He's the Cubs. Um, he's the Cubs rep for the union union rep and all that stuff. And, and he handled it diplomatically. Here's what Ian had to say when asked about it. Um, yeah. I mean, definitely uh, a bunch of emotions. Rossi um, was, is a great friend, uh, was an awesome manager. Um, you know, maybe the guy that I'll play for the longest, like that's um, he, he and I have a fantastic relationship. He gave me a chance to play, um, and, and I really grew under him. So uh, I have nothing but respect for him uh, and admiration for everything that he did for us. You know, seen 
counsel from across the field quite a bit over the last seven years. Um, always been impressed by the way that he manages, the way that he controls the bullpen, um, his poise. Um, and I'm excited to get going with him and, and pick his brain about you know everything baseball. Great, great cut, Crawley. Great find there. Yeah, he. I think that he really, you know, like I said, handled it perfectly. And and, and there, you had to have looked across that dugout and and see what the Brewers did. He was on that team. Ian Happ was in 2018 when the Cubs lost game 163. Ian was on that team in 2017 where the Brewers almost took the Cubs with all the talent that the Cubs had on that roster. And so, you know, he has to be aware of that and how difficult it has, it's been playing Milwaukee the last, ever since 2017. It's always been a struggle, and the Brewers always seem to have their number. So I thought it was interesting, but – uh, you know, Dustin, before we jumped on this, a interview with David Ross was re- um, came out from the Tallahassee Democrat newspaper. Uh, they talked to a guy, a reporter named Jim Henry. Oh, not Jim, Jim Henry. Not, <laughs> not Jim Henry of oh. the Ted Lilly heart attack oh, signing. Oh, oh. We're, missing, we're missing a couple letters. Okay. Jim Henry of the Tallahassee Democrat. And this is what Ross said. And it was very emotional, apparently. I think the thing that comes over me is that I'm extremely thankful for the opportunity to be honest. There were a lot of people who worked really hard alongside me. I'm really thankful for the four years I got coming from zero coaching experience to getting the chance to manage such a great organization that has impacted my life in a great way. There's great people there. I really don't have a lot of negative to say, to be honest. I get mad from time to time, but I have a lot to be thankful for. Um, we had our conversation, Ross said, referring to Jed Hoyer, if my boss doesn't think I am a good manager, then he should move on. I don't fault him for that. If he doesn't think I'm the right guy, that's his job. That's his choice. I have my own thoughts and opinions that I will keep to myself. Anger and all that stuff is poison for me. It's time to figure out what's next. I have a lot of gratitude. Some of the toughest times in my career, whether it's getting released or different things in my career on and off the field have been blessings at some point, have made me a better man. There's been a lot of good things after some really tough times in my life. Hopefully this is another one of them. So again, very diplomatic and biting his tongue. He's going to keep some of his thoughts and opinions to himself. Clearly not happy, Dustin, obviously, as we know. No, no. And I think he was completely blindsided. I don't think he saw this coming for one second. I don't think anybody did. And, and like, I don't even know if Jed Hoyer did until he decided to put some feelers out. And so th- that's the hardest part is, is when your boss says you're doing a good job and the owner's saying you're doing a good job and you know you think you have a job next season, you're going home just to relax and be with the kids. And next thing you know, you're out of a job. I mean, that's, that's tough. So that's the Cubs perspective. From the Brewers perspective, we talked about Tom Ricketts. What about the owner of the Brewers, Mark Atanasio? Let me tell you something about this guy here. He was not thrilled with Craig Council jumping ship. I can at least uh, attest to that. But I sat there, and when, when I took a look at this guy, he's such a—he looks like a creep. When I sit there and I take a look at his quote right here, he said, "Well, right. we lost Craig, but I've reflected on this. You know, Craig has lost us, and he's lost our community. It's a really special place to be." Excuse me, Mr. Atanasio. I wish Boars and Bernstein was still on so I could play a who you crap and cut there. <laughs> if, you, if you've been paying attention to Wisconsin politics, Atanasio and his brewers threatened to relocate the team 
if the state didn't fund a $546 million taxpayer-funded financial package to upgrade American Family Field, a.k.a. Miller Park, a.k.a. Wrigley Field North. The ballpark's only 21 years old, Dustin. The team's yeah. going to kick in $100 million. But you're going to say Craig lost our community when when you were sitting there threatening everybody to leave if you didn't get your money that the taxpayers are going to have to pay for, not out of, you know, hundred million out of your pocket, but 546 million out of the taxpayers pockets of Wisconsin. Don't, don't, who are you crapping? That's yeah, all I got. That, is a, that, is, that is a, who you, that is a, who you crapping if I've ever heard one. Yeah. He's a, he's a jag. There's no doubt about that. We, we don't need to waste any more time on that guy. Yeah. And when we take a look at GM, Matt Arnold, he was more diplomatic. Um, according to Jesse Rogers, he said, Arnold said he was shocked. We've been super supportive of him and his opportunity to assess the market. That was up to them, up to him. In this situation, we put Craig first throughout the process, and I'm thrilled for him and his outcome. At the same time, we're in a position where we have to put our best foot forward, and we're going to do exactly that. As far as Brewers fans, Dustin, if you've been lucky enough to avoid Brewers Twitter, let me tell you, they're extremely pissed off, and Craig Council is the second coming of Benedict Arnold. Uh, how mad are they right now? So mad that the sign outside Craig Council Park in Whitefish Bay was vandalized with spray paint. They wrote the letters ass on there. The, the ballpark, formerly known as Water Tower Park, um, village name uh, leaders renamed it in honor of Council, who's a Whitefish Bay native in 2012. That's the home to the village's little league team. So, you know, great, great job there with vandalizing that. But, you know, those what? are the losers, Crowley. Th those are the losers in this whole thing, you know. Guys I that think, would vandalize over a manager leaving. Yeah, you know, cry a little bit more about it. And I just, I think, I think it's going to be. If you've ever been to a Cubs Brewers game, sometimes it can get testy. I've been down there and I've seen, I've seen some fisticuffs. I've seen some words exchanged, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of heat coming here. I think that for Wisconsin people, I, I think that there is this. Sometimes they feel like Illinois takes things from them as far as the good land, Lake Geneva, stuff like that. I think that they're pissed. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding, Dustin. I'm not, hey, they take, you ever the, hear good, the, they take the good land. <laughs> you, you, you ever hear of a fib? I'm just telling you is that if you ever heard the term fib, look it up. Yeah, I ain't going to say it on air, but I'm telling yeah. you right now, when the Cubs play that Brewers in that first series in Milwaukee. Fine, I, Illinois boy. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I would say it, it. you better keep your head on a swivel and try to avoid any conflicts. I got a feeling it's, it's going to be a mess that very first series. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 86. The Cubs GM meeting plans. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. In this segment, we wanted to get a little bit more perspective from north of that shutter curtain. So Carly talked to former Brewers pitcher and current Brewers pre- and post-game analyst Tim Dillard about Craig Council and the 294 rivalry. It just got a little more intense. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, you see him on Bally Sports Talking Brewers, former MLB pitcher and brewer, Tim Dillard. Tim, it has been 48 hours since the shocking move of the Cubs sweeping in and picking up Craig Council. How, what have you heard so far? What, what is the vibe going on in Wisconsin right now? Wait, what happened? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, I actually live in Nashville, so I haven't really had a chance to, you know, hear too much about the rumblings. Um, but I, you know, just seeing what everybody's putting on Twitter and of course everybody has a very, I don't know the word is, but they got a very strong opinion about it. Um, (laughs) me, I, I feel like Craig will end up doing some sort of press conference, you know, and we'll probably get to the, you know, the, the, the gist of, you know, the decision-making per se, but, um, I don't know. I think, no one saw this coming. I didn't see it coming. I actually was like, I'll be the first one to say I was wrong if he if he leaves the Brewers. Uh, so, yeah, this will be the second time I get to say it. And I was way off. I didn't have any idea what was about to happen. But um, I don't know. I, I think it's it's super interesting. I I think it's I think he's a smart guy. So I knew I, he probably knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, if he decided to go through with it. So I think every the, all the backlash and everything, you know, coming, uh, he's ready for. Now, th- you know, that was the thing. is when, when I saw David Stearns and going to New York and all that stuff, I said, Council, Council's got to be going to New York. Or if he's not going to New York, then he's staying with the Brewers. Those, those were the options. And I know he was, you know, looked at it by, with the Guardians as well. But, you know, just seeing how all of this is coming out now, I think one of the thing that blows my mind is that I've been reading so much about the whole story about how they pulled this off because in today's day and age, how do you keep something like that secret? Cause I keep thinking, imagine if David Ross finds out while he's under contract that the brewer, that the Cubs were talking to Craig yeah. council. I mean, that could have been a disaster. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea how it went down. I don't know all the rules and, and how all that works, but um yeah, I think the reason it was such a surprise in one regard is that it go he goes to a team that already has a manager, a manager that you know is is liked, right? Um, and then it to be an arch rival, <laughs> you know, because they won't even trade players in the division. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, there's no telling how many times a you know teams in whatever division they're in are always looking for a player, and it's like the first thing they say is we're not dealing this guy to anyone in our division. So, um. I don't know. I, it's 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 definitely strange. Uh, but I will say this: being part of the baseball world, it's good to be wanted. It really is. And I've only had that maybe a couple of times in my career, <laughs> where where a team actually wanted to sign me as a minor league free agent or whatever. Um, and it's a great feeling. So for Craig Council to have kind of the upper hand going into this offseason um, of trying to make some money and get in a position to you know maybe have a bigger payroll. Uh, and to be wanted like that, like that's a really good position. So in that way, I'm I'm happy for him because you know this something opportunities like this only come around every once in a while. And you may play. I played for 18 seasons and I never got an opportunity where I felt like I had the upper hand in any way. 
Um, he played like 16 years in the big league. He's been coaching for a while now. So um, this may be that one big move where he has a chance to, you know, make something happen. So for him um, in his whole career, this is probably the biggest moment. Well, I will say he did win a couple of World Series. Those were big, but <laughs> I just mean as like a logistical move where he has the decision-making skills to do it. Um, this is probably a big one. Now, of all the major league managers you had, who do you think had the biggest impact on you, biggest influence on you? Ooh, um, I would say all of them had some sort of influence. You know, maybe I didn't like all of them. <laughs> um I don't know. The first one that comes to mind, I, I always enjoyed Ron Renneke, uh, but I really love Dale Schwaim, right? So he was, you know, managed the Cubs as well. Uh, Schwaim gave me very, very good practical advice. And it seemed like every day and it just kind of spilled out of him everywhere he went. And that was how, what he was like as a hitting coach, what he was like as a manager. And um, really, I get to see him, too, at like fantasy camp for the Brewers. And he still he just, he just knows a lot. Right. And guys like that, when you're around, especially the ones that are at the top and leading you, uh, when they open your mouth, when they open their mouth, you open your ears because, you know, you're about to hear something great. I guess the thing I was thinking of is, you know, growing up as a baseball fan, and I'm sure you were a fan, to, you know, and, and you play in the majors, is I guess I grew up with a lot of uh, like big personality managers, whether you're talking about Lou Pinella, whether you're talking about, you know, Joe Torre, go ahead, whoever have you on that. Sure. Dusty Baker's still in there in the 70s. But I think the trend that we've seen more and more is the front office is getting more involved, and Joe Madden spoke about this, the front office is getting more involved and the manager having less of an impact, you saw a lot of guys getting signed for cheap contracts. And all of a sudden now Craig's going to be making, you know, the highest, he's basically doubling the highest salaries. Do you think that maybe people are going to start moving that direction again to kind of the bigger name managers? Because I just, I think with David Ross, a lot of the question was where do David Ross decisions start and the front end offices uh, decisions. end? we didn't know who was making what calls on anything. And I feel for that amount of money that, that Craig's going to be able to make the calls himself. I mean, I think it would be, you pay him that much money and then you don't want his opinion. I mean, that just, that would be negligent. Um, and he has so much experience too. And just being around him, he has so much feel, uh, players, coaches, we talk about feel all the time and it's just knowing it's having an awareness of every situation and, and how that comes across. And he just knows it when it comes to players. He knows it as a manager um, I think he really enjoys the manager, you know, role and he likes interacting with the players and it's a challenge for him and it's a fun challenge. I don't think he really likes doing all the interviews he gets to do all the time. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> like, hey, you, we talked to you before the game. Hey, we talked to you after the game, you know, and all this stuff, um, which kind of comes with the job. But I, I think every every club wants a, a qualified manager that's easy to work with that knows what they're doing um, so that you can bounce ideas off of them. I mean, there may be managers that can do it really well on the field, but they have no idea who's out there when it comes to who should we pick up. Um, maybe that's the case. But, I mean, as far as Craig Council, I just feel like he's so well-rounded um, that any front office would would – it would be not smart to just heed his advice. You know, he knows – he knows whatever team he's on, he's going to know it inside and out. And he knows what the team needs or doesn't need. So I would, the manager needs to be that guy. I, but to your point, yeah, I don't think every manager across Major League Baseball is that guy. Right. And so, you know, one of the funny things that Jed talked about is that there was almost like a jealousy because whether it was Jed or Theo and Jed, they were putting these teams together 
2017, they barely edged out the Brewers, right? 2018, they lose in game 163. 2019, they lose, you know, and so the Cubs, a major market team with a lot more dollars to work with and, and back, you know, when you talk about even for 2018, 2017, I mean, the Cubs had big names, the Bryants, the Baez, the Rizzos, and somehow this is a picture I'm putting it up for the podcast listeners. This was a picture from Milwaukee. I was actually at this game. I think Keston Hira hit a walk off on this one. And you just basically see Theo and Jed on the field, just like, how the hell does this keep happening? And Jed brought that up is that as being on, you know, rivals from the I-94 rivalry, he always just wondered how Craig always seemed to do it and how these Brewers teams always seem to, just always get the best of the Cubs. What, what do you think it is about Craig Council specifically that just kind of, I don't know, just seemed to always be able to find a way to beat the Cubs? I think it's more, it's just consistency. If you look, especially at this season, this season, I mean, look at the Pirates got hot at one point, the Reds, Cubs, um, everybody, it seemed like. Even, didn't the Cardinals do really well maybe out of the gate and then just completely fell apart? But um, that's what it takes for a season. 162 games. You got to be consistent. You can't let the high, highs get too high. The lows get too lows. You stay consistent. These are all the cliches that we hear all the time. Well, how do you do that? And it's all about managing workload. It's about putting guys in good positions. And it's not just coincidence that the, you know, the Brewers for the last, what, five or six seasons have been the most consistent team in the NL Central. So it makes sense for the Cubs to go, okay, well, we want that. So we're just going to pay this guy to come here <laughs> because right. they know for them to win the central, you got to go through Milwaukee. They know that. Um, so, I mean, for their, for them, it makes sense. You know, it may look like they're playing dirty to, to Brewers fans, but I mean, it makes sense to them if they want to win, they forked out the money and they got, you know, a, a big piece in, in the Brewers success. So I think the Brewers are going to take it as a challenge. I mean, just think about <laughs> Those games at Wrigley and American Family Field, I, I can't wait. I'm gonna be laughing. It's gonna be so much fun. You so yeah, I was looking at the dates because I'm like, do I want to go to Milwaukee for that first game where Craig Council is back? What kind of reception? Because I mean, we, I, I, you know, I don't know how much you saw this, but I know that there's a park I think in Whitefish, the, the Craig Council Park, and somebody spray painted ass, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but. I, I did see a lot of vitriol, you know, um, you know, directed towards Craig for the decision to go to the Cubs. Well, I think, you know, people are passionate about sports. They're passionate about their team um, and, and they get worked up about it, which, I mean, that's what you want. You want fans that care. <laughs> what if you move? What if you left and everybody was just like, oh, great. That's awesome. That's what we all wanted, you know? Um I think people take it to extremes, of course, in the instance you're talking about, <laughs> and I'm sure there's others. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's 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 baseball. This stuff happens. It's happened before. Baseball has been around long enough that there's really not a whole lot of stuff that hasn't happened. Um, you know, every once in a while, you'll see something that, you know, there'll be a record that gets broken and things like that. But this stuff, this stuff happens. Um, and as a player, as coaches, they they know this. This is the way baseball works. And you know, it's like it's like you come to the clubhouse every day and you see the same guy, you see the same guy, and then one day you come in and he's been released. And you're like, oh, man, and it hurts. And you reach out to the guy and you give him a hug and you keep in touch with him. But at the same time, you do your job. And that's just, you know, and then the inner, you know, they'll interview guys. Well, what are you going to, you know, what? Do, how is the clubhouse with this guy that there? It's like, oh, dude, we love this dude, but he's not here anymore. 
and we can't stop everything. We keep going and we do the best we can. And that's what organizations do. They're like, well, okay, it's on to the next manager. It's about getting it right. That's really what baseball is, especially at the top when you're managing uh, general manager, baseball ops, all that. It's all about getting it right for your club. Now, you know, when you talk about the next manager, whoever, I mean, there are some names being kicked around. Have you heard of anybody that could potentially, I know uh, Craig's bench coach was mentioned as possibly being in the running. Is there someone you think would be a natural fit for the Brewers? Well, I I heard Ricky Weeks. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation. I want to say first and foremost that I I think I could do the job. (laughs) Ah, Um, I don't think I would do it well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot of the names, you know, uh, I had a lot of people reach out to me over social media as well. Thank you. People that reach out to social media in a nice way. That's great. Um, just asking like, what do you think? And I don't know, baseball is just one of those things. Like it's like the E true Hollywood story. Like you think, you know, but you have no idea. Nobody knows what's, what they're going to do. Um, I actually like Matt Erickson a lot. Uh, I brought this up on a radio show, I think yesterday they were asking me and he hasn't really been brought up or looked at, but he knows the team he's managed in the minor leagues. He's been, you know, right there this entire time. But I think Pat Murphy's earned it. If he wants to be in Milwaukee and be the guy, I think he's going to have a really good chance of getting that job, but he may want to be bench coach in Chicago. So I don't know. Again, it's fun to be wanted and especially with multiple teams trying to, you know, get you, uh, you know, that's, that's an interesting combination. So I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. Ricky Weeks. I don't know if he really wants that job. I haven't talked to him. I'll see him, uh, for Brewers fantasy camp coming up soon, (laughs) but I don't know. I don't know if that's what he, the next step is. He's been in the organization for a couple of years in his role and he's, he really likes it. So I don't know when you undertake the managerial job, um, you have to take everything that comes with it. So, a lot of guys that haven't done it before uh, would actually want to go through the minor leagues and kind of work their way. I know Craig didn't do that. Um, and so Ricky's kind of in that same boat. If he wanted to do it, he's he may be jumping right in. Now, I saw this quote from Brewers owner Matt Atanasio who said, quote, we lost Craig, but I've reflected on this. You know, Craig has lost us and he's lost our community. It's really a special place to be. I thought that was kind of bizarre considering all the drama about moving the team if they didn't get the referendum on the taxes to fix the stadium or something like that. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of trying to figure out, you know, I, I just thought from an owner that was kind of a weird kind of comment, especially considering Craig still has a home up there and family up there and is part of the community. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't. I, I think it was a Zoom chat. I think I was invited to, I had something I had to do. I think I was at basketball practice with my kid, <laughs> with my youngest. Um, so I missed it, but yeah, I, I saw the quote. I don't know. I t- just to the point of talking about how special the Milwaukee community is, is the fact that we're right now, right now on this chat, uh, that you're chatting with me. And I, mm-hmm. the only reason you're doing that probably is because I'm a broadcaster for the brewers. And the only reason I'm a broadcaster for the brewers is is bizarre because I was with the Brewers a long time, but not in the big leagues. Right. But, um, through social media and just kind of the way my career panned out for whatever reason, I was able to get this job. So it's a very tight knit group. I feel like with this community, when it's the Brewers, they love their people. I don't know why I I couldn't tell you why people love to high five me on the concourse, but I love it. (laughs) I high five them back. 
Uh, they say really nice to do. We love you on the broadcast. I'm like, this is great. Let me go get my boss. So you can tell my boss is this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they love their people. So they're very passionate about it. And I, again, you want that as a fan base, you want people to care and the Brewers fans care, man. And, and when you're in, you're in. So yeah, I, as far as I know, I'm still in hopefully, <laughs> hopefully yeah. for a long time. As somebody that has spent a lot of their life up and down between Wisconsin and Illinois, you know, I, I understand what a fib is and all that stuff. So I think the fact that there is kind of like a, a feeling of resentment, you know, when, when people come and they call it Wrigley North. And like you said, it's just a pa both passionate fan bases, you know, whether you're talking Bears, Packers or Cubs, Brewers. I think that's what Bud Selig was looking for when he moved the Brewers to the Cubs division to the NL Central, you know? I mean, maybe you're seeing a lot of MLB stepping in and making logistically everything a little easier. You know, like why are teams that are so close never play each other? Well, OK, well, let's open it up and everybody plays everybody now. And the teams should be closer together. And I think they could still do some finagling, especially if they start trying to add new teams in the future, maybe get a couple of new uh, teams in the MLB. But um, I don't know. I, I, I to, to set up a rivalry doesn't seem... I mean, that it seems like it'd be tough to do on purpose, but <laughs> I don't know. Every team has a rival. And I, I think, you know, before nobody really cared, but when they got moved into the same league and same division, I think that just, that was kind of it. You know, you just, you have to pick somebody. Right. <laughs> I think Chicago and Milwaukee, they picked each other. Uh, but it's fun. Those games are so much fun. Uh, oh, yeah. My, my son, we were at, a, I think, a Cubs. No, we were watching it on TV, one of the Cubs games. I think late late in the season, it was Cubs and Brewers. And my eight-year-old was like, I think the Cubs did something good, like hit a double, and the whole place cheered. And he was like, why are they, why are they cheering? <laughs> he couldn't figure out that there were tons of Cubs fans there. Um, and maybe you don't get it as much at Wrigley, but you still get it. You know, Brewer hits a home run at Wrigley. You hear it. There's yeah. people there. Um, and it's great. I think it's healthy. It's a healthy thing. People can make it unhealthy, but it's 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 a fun atmosphere. Now, for for you know, obviously we know Craig Council from him being on the other side. But but if you were talking to a Cub fan, what do, why should they be happy that Craig Council is coming and, and now to Chicago? Well, I mean, if they're if they're a fan that knows who you know knows the Cubs and knows who Craig Council is, then I think they should be excited. <laughs> or or just look at how upset you know, Brewers fans are, should tell you everything you need to know. Uh, but you know, David Ross is, he's been there, he's done that. And you know, he, as far as I, everything I've heard, he's a good manager. So, you know, that kind of coming out of nowhere, nobody likes to be surprised like that. So, you know, I could see why the fan base is kind of, you know, a little bit apprehensive maybe, but I don't know. They should be excited. I, I, Craig's great. I love him. I was teammates with him and he's just been the ultimate professional in a lot of ways and this was a very surprising move but i think whatever he does i mean he just success follows him so hopefully that doesn't happen with y'all <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're hoping it is but I, like i said I, I i just like jed hoyer i would always sit there and i was somebody that did not like craig council as a player why because he always got the big hit he always well, yeah. Always got the big hit. It was one of those things that he you hated him when he was on the other team, on your rival. But now that he's coming here, like, and I would sit there and I'd be like, literally, I would look at the lineup and I would look, you know, position by position. Obviously, it's different, you know, on paper or whatnot. But I always be like, God, the Cubs look stronger than the Brewers. And somehow I'd see the Brewers ahead of the Cubs in the standings. And so for me, I just always said, 
and I've been saying this, I said it before with you, I've said it on other podcasts, that to me, Craig Council was the best manager in the NL Central. And there is no doubt in my mind, and I think now he's on the Cubs. And now that he's here, I am super excited and, 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 and looking forward to the start of this season. Yeah. I mean, some people are just born for it. Uh, for example, 2010 spring training, um, I was uh, I was over the top pitcher and I show up and they go, no, we want you to throw sidearm, uh, which ended up being one of the biggest moments in my career. My first seven years, I was throwing over the top. I played another 11 uh, throwing sidearm. So I was like, well, I didn't think this was going to be my path and end up being my path. And I did it for a couple of days through a couple of bullpens, and I'm trying to figure the whole thing out because it's it's all new grips, it's all new pitches. How do I pitch against lefties? How do I pitch against righties? So I found myself in spring training out in left field and councils out there, and I just kind of asked him. He'd been around. He'd seen everybody, every kind of pitcher, right? And I asked him, I'm like, you know, advice on how a left-handed hitter would face a right-handed side armor like me. And you know, got the perfect, perfect answer. And he would, he would follow up with me, you know, as days went by in spring training. And, um, I actually got called back up as a side armor for the first time in 2011. So it was about a year later and, um, ended up getting a win. We were in Miami playing at the football stadium <laughs> and council was playing third. It was a day game. And I think we were kind of, we, we had the game and then we were losing the game and I was a last resort. They weren't going to throw any other pitchers in the bullpen. So here I am. And like, you know, I got four guys on base or whatever it is. And, um, anyway, I got a ground ball to council at third and he ended up fielding it, falling out of bounds and, you know, throws the ball home and gets the guy at the plate. Like just an amazing play. This guy is just the most prepared. That's what I always got from him. He's just super prepared as a player. Now you see him as a manager and it's hard to out prepare the guy. He's going to see all the situations while planning ahead as well. And sometimes, you know, I, he's, he doesn't do everything perfect. I don't think he would say he does everything perfect. And he's had some, some moments where even, you know, we're trying to figure out why he would do that. But one thing that baseball is, is you don't see everything. There's so much going on behind the scenes that you would never know. And I still have a lot of teammates in the game and and friends and stuff. So I get to hear some of the reasons. <laughs> and you're just like, you can't really tell anybody, right? You, you know, nobody really knows and can't share, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes. So some of the moves that happen, you're always kind of like, well, and I always chalk it up to, we don't know everything. We know that it, the information we have, maybe this wasn't the best move or this was the best move, but uh, there's always something out there. But yes, you, it's hard to out-prepare Craig Council. I'm looking forward to it, Tim, and uh, I'm, I'm hopefully looking forward to seeing you up in Milwaukee for a Cubs-Brewers game, and we show we can show everybody how we can be civil fans, enjoy a cold one, and root our teams on. <laughs> well, if I'm working, I can't drink on the job, I've been told. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have one for you and one for myself at the same yeah, time. Yeah, there you I'll, go. I'll, I'll toast you some water. Yeah. Tim Dillard, tell everybody where they can follow you and, and where they can find your work as far as on the, on the, on the Bally Network. Oh, yeah. Um, it, you know, if I sign back with Bally, which I hope so, I'll be on Bally Sports Wisconsin. But you can go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, pretty much anything, YouTube, and it'll be at Dim Tillard. Um, I'm actually just launched a thing called Dim Zoom. So if you ever wanted to get and sit with me, I'll let you do it for free. Uh, but <laughs> but Dim Zoom, yeah, I'm trying to plug that right now. And you're the first time I get to say it out loud. So yeah, you get to sit in a Zoom call with me. And if it's like a little league team or if it's a high school team or college or or one-on-one, -on -one, 
uh, there's a lot going on up here in this head and a lot of experience. And now I'm ready to throw it on to other people. Absolutely awesome, Tim. And, and, yep. and definitely people should check that out. Thank you for showing up. And, and it's going to be a fun one this year. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, everyone's excited. And it's what, mid-November. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Tim. Thanks. This is season two, episode 86 of the Fly the W670 podcast. Don't forget to listen, download, review. Most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. All right, Crowley, the uh, winter meetings uh, ended quickly. There was a, a flu bug that went through that place. So a day of the meetings got canceled. Did you hear about that? I did hear about that. They were they were they thought it might have been food poisoning, but now they know it is a virus. And so what a mess. But they did get, you know, you know, the offseason has officially kicked off when those meetings get rolling. MLB front office execs, agents and media spent the last couple of days in Scottsdale, Arizona. Start the feeling out process. This is where teams start to talk trades, meet with agents about their clients. And a lot of rumors get started. And so a lot of rumors, a lot of rumors. Obviously, the big story was that Craig Council news, but there were other Cub Nuggets coming out of there. Dustin, we know the Cubs have needs at first, third, starting pitching the bullpen, and they're definitely looking to add some big, big boppers, whether it's re-signing Cody Bellinger or looking at one of the other top-tier free agents or trade targets like Shohei Otani, Juan Soto, or Pete Alonso. And so um, Cubs GM Carter Hawkins was asked, how are they going to address some of those needs? What are going to be trade, free agencies? And so this is what Carter Hawkins said uh, as far as the plans for this offseason. We're going to be active in both markets, certainly, um, you know, trying to, to figure out what the best move for the Cubs are. And my expectation is you might see a mix of those things, but who knows what the next few months will bring. It always is a surprise, and that's what makes this job fun. All right, little, a little bit of both is what I, you know, I think that's pretty obvious. A little bit but... of buy-in, a little bit of trading. They're not going to let it, you know, let on too much. Uh, you know, give you a couple little hints here and there, but nothing, nothing concrete, obviously. Right now, clearly there is no bigger free agent this offseason and possibly of all time than Shohei Otani, <laughs> the guy that we assume is going to be the uh, AL MVP for the second straight season. Clearly, every team would want to add this Japanese superstar to their team. Think about Dustin, the amount of merchandise he would sell the amount of new followers a team could get from the Japanese market. I mean, it just blows your mind. I do not think he will pitch again. I think after two Tommy Johns, I think wait, he's wait, wait. done. You don't, think, you don't think he ever pitches again? I don't. I, I don't. Not, well, that, 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 changes, that changes everything, Crowley. That changes everything, in my opinion. I'm just going to tell you, I, I, there's not a lot of guys that come back from two Tommy John surgeries, and if you're going to pay this guy a heck of a lot of money, whatever happens, Dustin, you're going to pay him a heck of a lot of money. Would you risk having something help into that elbow again? Well, but again, you're, you're paying him. You're, you're potentially paying him though. Like he's going to pitch. So, I mean, that's a lot of money to pay a DH half a billion dollars. It may be less than that, Dustin. I don't know. Well, but, but I, I know none of us know for sure. Okay. Listen, I get that. None, none of us know absolutely positively, 100 and I don't believe in anything over a hundred percent. So a hundred percent, but listen, I don't want to pay anybody $400 million. I want the Cubs. I want the Cubs to spend a hundred, $500 million, but not on one guy, not on one guy.
I 100% hear it, and I think it'd be to me. I'm going to guess closer to 400 million is what I'm going to guess. And I, I think are, are you the, okay? Are you okay with 400 million for a DH? I mean, God, he is such a game changer. I mean, if you're asking my preference, I think I would, I would, I would roll my dice with Juan Soto, who has less in, injury history, and um, you know, is much younger. That that would be my where I would go with if I was spending four hundred million, I would go more towards Soto than Otani. Um, I, I that that's that would be my opinion. But 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 when you talk about Otani and you think about what he'll do to that fan base, how many people would maybe buy the marquee app that hadn't previously? All the money revenue he's going to bring in, it's going to be tremendous. Right. Well, that's the you know one of the numbers that we have to figure out, Crowley, and. Maybe we need to uh, we need to find a uh, a business expert. I, I could I could look into that. Is what kind of revenue would the Cubs gain through the Marquee Sports Network in Asia in Japan with Shohei? Right. right? And what, what I mean, you're talking what are you, what are jersey talking? sales, right? What, what are we talking everything. about here? Well, I mean, you know, jersey sales that, that's one thing, and I'm not going to downplay that. But I'm talking like the thing that keeps repeating itself. It's like an insurance policy you know, 10 years of monthly subscribers to the Marquee Sports Network. That's got to be huge, Do-Re-Mi. Oh, totally. And and, 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 and I, I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about everything from ticket sales to concessions to jerseys to Marquee Sports app to everything. I went a few years back. The Cubs played the Angels um, in spring training. We went to Tempe Diablo Stadium. And um, our friend John Maley was was there and we wanted to go say hi to John and the Cubs were playing and uh, Madden was managing over, you know, over there. And, uh, it, you know, it, it was one of those things that um, when I went there and I'm walking around, I got interviewed by a Japanese like news team about about, uh, you know, Shohei and all that stuff. And it was, it was <laughs> you know, I, I never know. I had never found it on YouTube or anything. If anyone if any of our listeners can find it. But. I, I just, it's that amount of craziness. And if he comes to Chicago and you had Otani and, and you had Saya, I mean, it would just be nuts. It would just be nuts. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. There's now, no about it. Um, Odyssey insider and USA ba Today baseball writer Bob Nightingale said this about the Otani market. The Dodgers remain the heavy favorites. The Chicago Cubs and Rangers are serious contenders with several GMs saying that the Cubs may be the most aggressive team for his service. And it would be foolish to count out the Red Sox, Mets, or even the San Francisco Giants. Well, I think the San Francisco Giants are definitely, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Giants. I mean, Crowley, how many guys did the Giants miss out on recently, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they were going to spend swung, big money. They swung and missed on a handful of guys. Right. When, when, when you talk about, they were in on the Aaron Judge deal. They had the deal finished with the shortstop with Correa. And so, yeah, I mean, they want to get somebody in, and boy, and, and if you remember when Shohei was first um, figuring out where he wanted to go, the Chicago Cubs were the only non-West Coast team he visited with. So just something to keep in mind. Well, uh, what do you think that's about? I think that, the, especially back then, the Cubs had a, you know, a, a winning reputation, the clubhouse, major market. I think that all of those things – are going to play, you know, play a role for Shohei Otani. Okay. You know, I don't think, I mean, I, I think that, you know, location-wise, geographically, when you're on the West Coast, you're much closer to Japan, obviously. 
Um, but let's be honest, man. Like, you know, either way, it's a long trip. And you know what? It's not like he's traveling in economy, you know? Yeah. So I think th <laughs> he's not on Southwest in the middle seat in the back. Right. Row, next yeah. To the bathrooms. That's not where he's sitting, huh? No, you don't got the seat by the toilet and the, and the drink cart bumping his elbow. But um, <laughs> another question that uh, Hoyer was asked in the GM meeting had to do with Stroh's decision. Uh, Hoyer said in this market, I think he felt he would be secure. He would secure a multi-year deal. And I think that was a priority. But yeah, it's not often when you're really like, I truly don't know which direction this was going to go. And so, you know, I, you know, Jed was just like one of us, you know, we, you know, surprised, I think, you know, just surprised by that decision and saying to yourself, you know, wow, it, it just, he, you know, if you, I have had the chance to interview and talk to Stroh and being a starting pitcher in MLB at only five, seven, you got to have a lot of faith and belief in yourself. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. It really is. Right. And I truly believe as far as Stroh is concerned, um, that, he would be one of those guys that believes in himself and believes that his work ethic and what he's going to do, he's going to sell himself to a team and get a couple of year deal. So um, I'll be curious to see where that is. You know, I'm not saying he's a bad pitcher or anything like that, but I'll be really curious to see. I mean, does he want to win? Does he want to make money? I mean, some combination of both, uh, you know, I just, just wonder exactly what his, what his priorities are. I think one of the big priorities is winning, but obviously a multi-year deal comes out of that too, as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so we let's let's say that, right? you know if we all want a multi-year deal, right? Right. If it's a three-year deal at let's say, you know, he was supposed to get paid by the Cubs twenty-one million for twenty twenty-four. Let's say yeah. he gets three years at thirteen. Okay. Now all of a sudden yeah. that change, changes the equation a little bit. So um, another interesting thing we heard about was. Um, Christopher Morell was talked about at the GM meetings. Yes, yes. A lot of Christopher Morell buzz, I hear. Right. And what we found out is that Morell would be playing this month in the Dominican League. We knew that already, right? We talked about him going to do play for Aguilas, Cibaeñas, and uh, in the Dominican League, the lead him. Easy and for we you assume, to say. Yeah. <laughs> we assumed that he would be getting a lot of playing time at third base. Hold up. Not the case, said Jed, Moore, said Jed Hoyer. Here's what he had to say. It's an ongoing conversation, but we've talked a lot about finding him a home. And I do think we want to give him some work at first and see how he reacts to that. I mean, he's shown he can play third, he can play second, he can play the outfield, but finding him a home for him is something that we would, that would be really valuable. That's something we talked about. Hoyer continued. I think he, we have a very capable second baseman. We have a guy that won a gold glove. So that's not a spot we're going to put him. I think another team might be able to put him there and have him do that. I think it's both marrying those things. We really have two capable corner outfielders. I think that's why some of the conversations around first base make sense. It kind of fits what we need a little bit and fits our needs and potentially his needs. So we thought third base would be where he would be playing, but when he comes to play for uh, the Dominican League, he's going to be playing first base, Dustin. Yeah, that does surprise me. That, that, that surprises me that they're not. I mean, I would be banging balls into the ground at third base and making him feel them. That, that that's what I would be doing. But, right. And, and I mean, you know, I, I'm not Jed Hoyer, right? I'm not in charge. I'm not Carter Hawkins. I'm not Jed Hoyer. Um, I'm going to trust them. I continue to keep trusting them, seeing what exactly they can do. They know a whole hell of a lot more than I do. I, I believe it or not. I, I can, I can admit that. Um, so let's see what happens. 
Well, you know, the Cubs have been trying to solve those first base woes since Rizzo went to New York. You know, Schwindel, Mancini, Hosmer didn't work out. Matt Mervis had an audition. That didn't work out. I'm sure he'll get another look in spring training. Now, of course, Cody Bellinger played well at first. And besides Shohei Otani, Cody's probably the biggest name as far as position players to be in the free agent market. Question is, where he is he going to go? We also had another Odyssey insider and guest on the score, John Heyman. And here's what he had to say about Cody. Yeah, I mean, Bellinger and Chapman would be two and three on the hitting market. Uh, Bellinger, I, I think it's ultimately going to be a Cubs-Yankees battle. We do hear he did love it on the north side of Chicago. Obviously, he transformed himself, became that MVP-type player again. He's had three superb seasons. Obviously, had a couple not great offensive seasons anyway in between, but uh, he was injured for those seasons. So I think that we're looking at that as kind of a, a, an aberration. Uh, terrific all-around player, and he does fit the Yankees perfectly. Brian Cashman was out here yesterday saying they need two outfielders, including a center fielder. Bellinger's a great center fielder and a first baseman, so I think we're looking at a Yankees-Cubs battle there. He would fit the Giants as well. I, I hear there's many, many teams on him, but he's been a major market team with the Dodgers and the Cubs, so I think ultimately he's going to end up with one of those three teams, most likely Cubs or Yankees. Cubs or Yankees, Dustin? Yeah, I mean that makes that makes a lot of sense, right? Cubs or Yankees? Um, hopefully, he he enjoyed himself more here. That's now, all you can hope for, right? You gotta you gotta hope. But here's the the thing: you can't let him also hold you hostage. I think at some right. point, you know, they've got to be able to say Hoyer and Carter Hawkins have to be able to say, you know, th this is what we want to pay you. We we believe we're offering, you know, we're we're being competitive here. But you've got to you've got to take you've got to let us know. We can't just sit here all day holding the bag. Well, this becomes because then you might miss out on everybody, right? You could miss out on everybody then. Right. And one thing to kind of keep in mind, and this is not a name that we've brought up on this podcast before, but a name getting we we, we heard in the GM meetings that Bryce Harper will be playing first base. He's not going to be in the outfield again. What does that mean for Cup fans? Reese Hoskins will no longer be yes, with the Phillies Reese. and he will be on the free agent market. So Hoskins injured his ACL in spring training. He's a free agent this year. He is one of those Philly hitters that Cubs coach John Maley, who was just brought back to the team, major league go. team. He worked with Hoskins. Hoskins has a great eye at the plate for a slugger. He averaged 36 home runs per 162 games with an 846 OPS. So not only is a home run hitter, but he's a guy that gets on base. And that could be an interesting option, Dustin. Yeah, look at who's connecting some dots there, Crowley. Nice job. Yep, makes a ton <laughs> of sense, right? Makes a ton right. of sense. Absolutely. And, and Dustin, finally, it wouldn't be the GM meetings without some Scott Boris poetry Boris, the Uber agent who has the best collection of baseball talent, always brings his witty play on words regarding his clients to the GM meetings. And with Cody Bellinger being one of his clients, this is how he waxed poetic. You've got a, a uh, five-tool player. Um, you know, obviously, in the years prior to coming to the Cubs, he had, you know, had a partial performance due to the just lack of strength you know he had surgery broken leg all those things but I think it's pretty evident that when you have youth and you're 28 you're a rare free agent you have a lot of options but when he came to Chicago he just feasted on major league pitching 
and um, really, uh, you know, I think Chicago got the comforts of a full belly, <laughs> so they're going to have to loosen their belts to keep Bellinger. Cody did have a great experience in Chicago. I mean, it's a, it's a great meeting. It's a wonderful place to play. But where Cody can play and play well, he feels he can play well anywhere. And a lot of this has to do with ownership. It has to do with their commitment. It has to do to their vision of what they're going to do to, you know, develop the other track, to do the things that are necessary to, to make this club a, a continual winner over a long period of time. So we got the full belly full belly and Cubs ownership are going to have to loosen their belts now if they want to keep him. You know what? I don't care what anyone says. I think Scott Boris is hilarious. And you know what? If, if that was your son who was going out in the free agent, you want Scott Boris representing him. Oh, no doubt about that. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, he's good for, he's good for baseball. He's good for, he's good for his clients. There's no doubt about that. He's good for podcasts. He's good for sports talk morning shows. Yep. Now, Dustin, we have a couple little other Cubs nuggets um, outside of the winter meeting. There's other news besides uh, the manager and Cody Ballinger. There's other news other than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of the Cub fans may not be pleased with, of course, Drew Smiley did not opt out of his deal. He'll be trying to win a rotation spot in 2024. Some more disappointment. The NL announced the 2023, fi- the, I'm sorry, MLB announced the 2023 finalists for the Cy Young Award. And to the disappointment of many Cub fans, on the NL side, Justin Steele's name was not on the list. He had a couple bad starts in September and one in Houston when he was sick and still pitched. It didn't seem like Steele would win the award after giving up six runs in two straight games in September, but not even be nominated? Uh, I don't know, Dustin. The finalists were Zach Gallen, Blake Snell, and Logan Webb rounds out the finalists. Logan Webb? Yeah, I mean, I, I if, if you're going Logan Webb, then I don't understand how Justin Steele's not part of it. Right? I mean, the other two guys, the other two guys are fantastic, right? The other two guys, top notch, no no arguments. Right. I sat there, I said to myself, it's going to be Zach Gallen, Blake Snell, and then I had either uh, Justin Steele or Spencer Strider being two guys I thought would have a potential for that third spot. Logan Webb was not in my conversation, so I, I don't know. Um, now let, let, let's let's get to some good news here. Five Cubs have been nominated to the all MLB team. Um, So that's pretty exciting. Those Cubs that were nominated and and fans can vote for them uh, if you go to the Cubs website. But for the Cubs, it's Adbert Alzali, Cody Bellinger, Nico Horner, Justin Steele, and Dansby Swanson. So Cub fans, get out there and vote for your favorite Cubs. And let's, let's load up the all MLB team. Uh, one more award for Cody Bellinger, like he hasn't gotten enough award. He, <laughs> along with Mookie Betts and Shohei Otani, made People Magazine's list of sexiest men in sports. Some non-baseball athletes include Lionel Messi, Lewis Hamilton, and Travis Kelsey, who has All been. Right, so now the list, everywhere. now the list is ruined. I mean, if Travis Kelsey, who was also spotted on social media, I know Crowley, you're, you're, I'm amazed that you're mentioning another sport outside of baseball, but. Uh, Travis Kelsey was spotted at the Wiener Circle overnight. Ah. Um, and so if you do happen to tune into the uh, Amazon Prime Thursday night football game, Bears-Panthers, there's a rumor that you're going to see a uh, Jason Kelsey uh, slinging dogs over at Wiener Circle. I'm sure you've been at the Wiener Circle and have been told to go pound sand a few times. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard some interesting uh, some interesting words from there. But uh, you know what? Always a good time. But uh, 
I got to ask you, sexiest Cub. I mean, you're looking at Cody Bellinger over Dansby Swanson. Have you seen Dansby Swanson's flow? I don't yeah, know, I man. think I think the ladies, the ladies all love that hair. The ladies all love the Dansby Swanson hair. I mean, to me, Cody Bellinger always looks high. So I guess if that's what you're looking for, I mean, okay. So you're not the only one, right? Okay. No, I I was no, 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 no. You know, we got a lot of dispensaries around here. I wonder how many visits he makes. That's just the way he looks to me. But if I was voting for sexiest cub, definitely would have to go with Dansby Swanson over Cody Bellinger. But that's just me. Well, maybe we should, uh, you know, put that out as a poll question or something, Carly, on Fly the W. <laughs> That sounds like a plan there. And then finally, I just wanted to congr- we want we wanted to congratulate the Cub staff who were rated first in overall guest experience and staff experience out of all 30 teams for the 2023 regular season in MLB's Voice of the Consumer program. Dustin, you and I know how awesome those employees are at Wrigley Field, how they truly make it the friendly confines. And now we have proof as as the Cubs Wrigley Field experience is rated number one. Thank you so much to all the all the workers at Wrigley who do such a great job and make it such a fun place to go. Absolutely. On the last podcast, Carl, it was great to hear you guys had a little celebration for those people. So good for you guys and the whole group over at uh, Club 400. Well, that's a wrap. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow the socials. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Email us. Fly the W, fly the w 670 at gmail.com. You can watch us, Carly, on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 score youtube channel and the next time we're back we are going to have uh thoughts on craig council because by the time we do our next podcast craig council will be introduced as the next manager of your chicago cubs oh yeah i'm getting excited go cubs it's all over